name above all names, worthy of all praise. How great, how great is our God. God, You are robed in majesty. Your greatness is so far beyond our comprehension. But You give us glimmers and glimpses of just how vast and wonderful You are. Meet us in this hour. We long for a fresh touch from You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Just before we get started, let me just share a word of greeting from our senior pastor, Dr. Greg Waybright. Uh, we chatted yesterday. He's feeling uh, much better, and uh, he's actually uh, on some vacation doing some traveling. He hooked up with his um, daughter and son-in-law and their little, his new granddaughter, Riley, and they are made a trek over to West Virginia where Greg's parents live. So they're visiting with them right now. And so when we were talking on the phone yesterday, uh, he had little Riley, the granddaughter, on his lap. And you can tell that he was just enjoying the wonders and delights of being a granddad. And so he sends his greetings and promises to be back next weekend. So we're in good hands. Don't you love a good conversation Patty and I were with some good friends a couple of weeks ago eating lunch together. And it was one of those beautiful San Gabriel Valley days. You've got the uh, clear skies, the mid-80s gentle breeze. And we were seated underneath a huge umbrella. And we were sipping our iced teas and eating our entrees. But most of all, just enjoying each other. We were laughing, telling stories. And uh, at the end of the meal, we ordered uh, one big, giant chocolate sundae. And um, it was a real team effort. And I want you to know that you can be proud of me because I did my part to help out with that chocolate sundae. And then after the meal, the conversation moved from the more casual to more intimate, more personal conversation. And in the confidence and safety of well-established friendships, we shared our hearts with each other. We talked about our journeys, our challenges, our prayer needs, and we talked about how we can love and support and care for one another as we travel through life together. We felt for one another. We prayed for one another. We cried with each other. And it was a very powerful time. We were doing life together. It was rich. It felt like a little taste of heaven on earth. When Patty and I returned to our car, we looked at each other and almost in unison said something like, Wow, wasn't that good? Wasn't that refreshing? And we began to unpack and to recount the satisfaction of great conversation with special friends. We felt full. We felt refreshed, renewed, energized. Today, we're going to experience a conversation, a holy conversation. A conversation that, if embraced, 
if engaged, will leave you satisfied, refreshed, renewed. Today we continue our summer series in Psalms, and we're going to look at Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Now, for those who may be newer to the Bible, Psalm 19 is a Holy Spirit-inspired fusion of poetry and theology. Psalm 19 sits at the intersection of poetic beauty and biblical truth. However you slice this psalm, it is rich in texture, rich in meaning. Now, I know that poetry ought not to be dissected or categorized, but if we were to provide some kind of simple overlay to Psalm 19, it would be this. Point one, God speaks. Point two, we respond. That's it. That's Psalm 19. And in this holy conversation, God speaks, and He speaks in two different ways. The first way that He speaks is through the splendor of what He has created. His creation shouts out the wonder, the majesty, the beauty of our God. Hear it again, Psalm 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make Him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth in the words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at the end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its, its heat. You see, every day the wonder of God's creation brilliantly and unmistakably goes on record that God is. That God exists. You see it everywhere, don't you? Large and small, spectacular and common, splendid and simple, you take your pick. God speaks through a dark sky that is lit up with a full moon and bright stars whose numbers defy human comprehension. God speaks through a cascading waterfall as it pours out its life-giving liquid. God speaks through a sunset that fills the night sky with colors that no artist will ever be able to fully capture. God speaks through mile-high mountain peaks, wistfully decorated with a fresh cover of snow. God speaks through the sweet scents that burst forth from a rose in full bloom. And why? Through His creation, God is speaking. And He is saying to you and to me, I want to be known. Psalm 19, verse 1, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make Him known. Here's the point. 
every moment of every day, the sermon that God is preaching to every listening human heart through the splendor of His creation is that He wants to be known. This God of wonders has designed a world where we are constantly surrounded by reminders that He is, that He exists, that He is knowable, that He is personal, that He is a God, an intimate God. So here's the good news. Let this holy conversation where God speaks through His creation serve notice that not only is He knowable, but that He knows where you live. He knows when feelings of loneliness overwhelm you. He knows when confusion paralyzes your life. He knows when you face a dark night of the soul. He knows the shock that you feel when the HR director calls you into his office and tells you to pack up your belongings. He knows when you've lost your way. He knows when you feel outmatched by life and its seemingly unrelenting challenges. He knows the devastation that you feel when the doctor puts down the x-ray and turns and delivers the bad news. He knows that He knows when those you care about most are at a bad place in life. He knows when the foundations of your life shake and roll. He knows when you are exhausted and can't go on. He knows when your heart is fearful. He knows your anxious thoughts, those thoughts that steal your rest and peace. He knows. God is. God exists. And He knows where you live. While at times we find it hard to believe, this God who knows you by name has gone to great lengths to surround you with vivid and constant creative displays that He is there and He is there for you. Would you let that truth soak in? Would you let that reality Move from your head to your heart. I want you to hear the words of this next song that John's going to sing for us. Pay attention to them. Let let the words wash over your soul to minister to your heart. This God, this wonderful Maker, who knows your name in His desire to be known, speaks to you and me, not only through His creation, but through His Word. Not only do we hear the voice of God through the wordless revelation, His creation, but we hear it through the written Word, the written revelation. That's the point. That's the big idea of the second stanza of Psalm 19. 
But before we look at that section, let me ask you a few questions. Would you like to have a soul that is fully alive? Would you like to be really wise? Would you like to have a heart that is full of joy? How about this? Would you like to live life with advanced notice? Huh? From time to time, as you drive around California, you will see big orange signs, compliments of Caltrans, telling us that a particular section of highway will be closed, be under construction for a certain period of time. That advanced notice informs you and helps you make some decisions about how you'll travel in the days ahead. Well, my friends, one of the beauties of the Word of God is that it is filled with advanced notices. It is filled with flashing signs that tell us the best way to travel this life. You see, the more you follow God's signs, the greater will be your joy, your fullness, your wisdom, your insight for living. Look with me, verse 7. The instructions of the Lord, the Word of God, are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, even finest gold. They are sweeter than honey. Even honey dripping from the comb. They are, war- they are a warning, a flashing sign to your servant. A great reward for those who obey them. What you hold in your hands is more than a book. It is more than a collection of stories. It is more than the all-time bestseller. It is the Word of Life. The Word of Life, full of reward, full of blessing to everyone who would make the choice to obey its truth. You know it as well as I know it. This book, this Bible is a -a one-of-a-kind book that is validated in many ways. It is validated by God Himself who says that everything in it is true. It is validated by countless people throughout the centuries of human history who have found lasting strength and genuine hope in the middle of life's most significant challenges. The Bible is validated every time an archaeologist turns the spade and unearths another remnant of the ancient past. And the Bible is self-validating. A book of 66 books written over a time span of 1,500 years by 40 different authors in three different languages, yet its unity and harmony and purpose are impeccable. 
and its predictions made hundreds of years ago have and continue to be fulfilled with 100% accuracy. This book, the Bible, is what God uses to speak to us. To speak words of life and hope and comfort and counsel and direction to our often worn and weary lives. You see the written Word of God along with His creative display throughout this universe is God's part, God's piece of this holy conversation. Do you need some words of life today? Do you need to hear a word from the life giver Himself? Friends, while God has given to the church those with the gift of teaching, that provision in no way undermines or downplays the reality that in you dwells the divine teacher, the Holy Spirit. And He wants to allow you to have full and complete and direct access to, word, to these words of truth, these words of life. You see, while God may use others at times to speak truth into your life, He longs to have a personal, private, direct conversation with you. Just you. What do you need to hear from God today? Some words of hope? Some words of direction? Some words of strength? Some words of forgiveness? As we have planned today's worship service, worship encounter if you would, we felt led to create space, create time, where God could speak directly to you. No one in between. We want this holy conversation to be yours. Not just something you hear about, but something that you embrace, that you experience for yourself. For the next several moments, I want you to take a look at the verses that you'll find in your worship folder. Right in the center panel of that, of that worship folder. And there you will find a number of verses that talk about hope, in comfort, in care, in forgiveness. And what I want you to do is I want you to pick one verse from that center panel of your worship folder. One verse. Pick the verse that seems to be as closely matched to where you find yourself today in your journey of life. And then I want you to take that verse and I want you to read it. Reread it. Reflect on it. Pray it. Claim it. Allow it to soak into the very core of who you are. Allow it to be God's voice to you. Just to you. So for the next few moments... I want you just to dwell on one of these verses 
and allow God to speak directly to you. Oh God, in these next few moments, we, Your people, come desperate to hear Your voice. Not to somebody else, but to me. Speak, God, now. We are listening. Oh God, these are words not out of a book that we pick up at Amazon.com, but these are Your words. And we as Your people just bow before You and pause to thank You that You have spoken to us words that we need Words that are attended by Your Holy Spirit that lives within us. Making them real and practical. And bringing to our souls a depth of satisfaction that we find no place else. Thank You, God. Thank You for speaking. Friends, a conversation is not really a conversation if it only goes one way. There must be interaction. There must be give and take. This holy conversation is started by God as He speaks through His revelation, His creation, and through His Word. But the conversation is completed as the psalmist responds. And I want you to hear his response, but not just the words. I want you to hear also behind the words, the heart that's represented. Verse 12, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. 
Do you see what's happening here? Do you hear the response of the psalmist? You see, when God speaks through His creation and especially through His Word, the only response that makes any sense at all is an honesty at the core of who we are where we simply own and confess the reality of our sinfulness. Right? When we allow the light of God's Word to shine on us and in us, we experience the penetrating reality of our brokenness, our unworthiness. We cry out, cleanse me from hidden sins. Keep me from deliberate sins. Don't let, my, don't let sin control me. I want to be free. As you know, God's Word is a mirror to our lives. And when we do a gap analysis and recognize the distance between God's holiness and our sinfulness, we quickly come to terms with the reality that we are unworthy. But not in a condemning way. Because that's not God's heart but in a convicting way. There's a significant difference, isn't there? One writer says that we need conviction about our hidden faults, not because they're too small to see, but that they've become too familiar to register. Think about that. I think that person's on to something, don't you? Too often we become comfortable. We become willing participants in this kind of peaceful coexistence with habits and actions in words that break the very heart of God. Where do you need to allow God's Word to do its work of conviction in your life? What door of access do you need to kick open so that the Holy Spirit of God can do His work of cleansing, of healing, of rebuilding, of restoring? Can I ask you something? Are you playing games? Are you going through the motions? Is there a difference, a chasm in your life between knowing God's Word and doing God's Word? Growing up as a kid, I could win the Bible memory contest at church. But what I would win at church, I all too often would lose on the playground at school. Because there was a gap between what I knew and what I did. That's the message uh, that comes from the book of James where he says, don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, 
walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Well, friends, this holy conversation of Psalm 19 comes to a close in verse 14. And you can almost hear the psalmist exhale as he gathers himself and offers out words that come deep from the core of his being. Well-crafted words that give rise to the longing of his heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to You, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Would you say that with me? Let's say that together. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to You, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Is that the longing of your heart? Is that the passion, the deepest passion of your life? God, it is my greatest desire that whatever I do, whatever I say, whatever I think, would be pleasing to You. I want all that defines who I am to bless You, to honor You. Friends, that's a powerful prayer. And it's a prayer that is only made possible by the redemptive work of Christ at Calvary's cross. 2 Corinthians 5 puts it this way, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The songwriter put it this way, Because a sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God, the just, is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me to look on Him and pardon me.